For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode two of the Big Ten Buzz podcast. I am your host, Adam Sager. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam G. Sager. Uh, again, this is everything. We're talking Big Ten football seasons here. Some of the teams, Illinois and Nebraska, have played two games. Um, everybody else has played one full slate of games this weekend. We do not have any Big Ten matchups as we have. We've had uh, Illinois, Indiana, and Nebraska Northwestern have um, both played each other already in the Big Ten schedule. But looking at the schedule this week, we don't really have a lot of interesting games when it comes to big names. Uh, we do have number 19, Wisconsin, uh, hosting Washington State. I think that's a, a a game that I think is worth watching. See what Cam Ward does there up at, at, at Washington State. See what he brings to that offense in a bigger game against a very good opponent in Wisconsin against a very good defense. I think that uh, that's a game I'm looking at and saying I expect Wisconsin to win. I expect Wisconsin to be able to run the football like they do with Braylon Allen. Uh, Graham Mertz, obviously, we know is a guy that likes it, that takes care of the ball and he can make plays when he needs to. But Wisconsin is all about the running game with Braylon Allen. And I expect to see that week in, week out, Braylon Allen, 22, 23 plus carries every game. And you expect big things in every game, no matter who they're playing. Because Wisconsin, we know they get these offensive linemen in there. They make them big, they make them strong, and they make them into good run blockers. And that's what we will continue to see out of this Wisconsin team. Looking at some other games, <clears throat> uh, early on Saturday, we got Ohio State taking on Arkansas State. I think this is a game where Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, yeah, they looked they looked a little shaky. Uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba got hurt early in the game, and Ibuka had to step up and, and be kind of that number one guy. And he was with nine catches for I think ninety yards and a touchdown. But you also have Marvin Harrison Jr. You also have other weapons, Travion Henderson out of the backfield. Uh, I think this is a game where Ohio State puts it on him. You know, this is where Ohio State, C.J. Stroud comes out and throws six touchdowns in two and a half quarters. Pump those numbers a little bit, get people excited. Again, you had a great win over a, a top five. I, I would put a more of a top 10 Notre Dame team. And I, I think uh, this is kind of a get-right game for Ohio State. Uh, Minnesota, they take on Western Illinois. That's another game that you just expect Minnesota to win. But you can't look at these games and think, you know, we're just going to walk through because someone could come up and sting you. Look at Iowa last week. They really should have lost that game to South Dakota State, but a field goal and two safeties got them the win. They won 7-3 to three, if you missed that. 
That's right. They had a field goal and two safeties. They couldn't complete a pass. Spencer Petras was terrible. Uh, speaking of Iowa, they play Iowa State, and maybe the I'm not even going to call it the best game. I'm calling Wisconsin-Washington State the best game of the week uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, Iowa-Iowa State, I think it's just two teams that <clears throat> excuse me, are solid football teams. It's a rivalry, so you know these teams get up for it every single year. Fans don't like each other, and it's a lot of fun. Big party, but neither of these teams are great. And and we saw it last week. I'm trying not to just look at one game for Iowa's offense and just write them off, but this isn't just one game. Last year we saw this from Iowa's offense where they struggled, especially in the Big Ten championship against Michigan. They got blown out. I think it was 38-3. to three. Uh, It's a disaster when you look – at this Iowa offense right now. There's no other way to put it. I mean, they, uh, Ference, the offensive coordinator, the son of, of Kirk Ference, he is the offensive coordinator. And he says he still has, he still has, uh, uh, trust in, in both of his quarterbacks that he, he will play. I don't know. I don't know how these guys, uh, get this run, get this, passing attack going and and remember at least one thing i was always kind of banked itself on is that they could run the football well they did not run the football well at all uh in week one so hopefully we see some better offense out of of iowa but i would say it'll give them some problems i think this is going to be a good game and it would not shock me if if iowa state wins this game uh looking at some other games we got northwestern versus duke um, that game's up in Evanston. I mean, whatever. I, two really smart schools going at it, I guess. I, I don't expect much from Northwestern. I don't expect much from Duke. I know Duke's had some decent years in the last few years, but I, I just think that both teams are very similar. So maybe we'll get a good game out of it. I'm not expecting a ton of offense. Uh, I, I don't know that. Excuse me. I don't know that um, it's something where you're like, oh, my gosh, uh, we see 48-45. Um, Northwestern, it has a 10-point, uh, is minus 10. If you're looking at the gambling line, uh, the spread. So, yeah, Northwestern should win this game, but – you know, it, it could be a 20 to 14 game. It could be a 17, 10, 17, seven type game. Uh, just because you don't expect a lot from these offenses. Uh, Penn state comes off their victory over Purdue. And they take on Ohio. I think this is a game where kind of got to, you got the jitters out in week one, you got away with a victory, an important victory against a decent Purdue team. I think that, uh, this is a game where Sean Clifford can kind of sit back and do his thing, run the football with all their running backs, their stable of backs they got there. And I think good things will happen. Uh, Maryland, they had to Charlotte. Uh, that'll be an interesting game. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people are expecting Maryland to kind of take a step and, and they should win this game kind of hands down, but there's at least some, we'll see what Charlotte can bring in terms of offense. Uh, Michigan State takes on Akron. 
again, these are all these games are all very similar. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, I got something in my throat. Uh, 34 and a half point favorite Michigan State is. Uh, this game should not be close. We saw Michigan State take that game against Western Michigan in week one. Only took a, 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 I think it was a seven point lead or six point lead into the fourth quarter. That's something that I don't think we see again. I think they come out. Peyton Thorne and company will be ready to go. I think we see a big game from Sparty uh, this weekend. Uh, Illinois at Virginia. I mean, again, I. Illinois is Illinois. Virginia is Virginia. Illinois got a four and a, is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Illinois is not a very good football team, guys. Uh, Tommy DeVito took over, and he's been decent in, his, in these first two games. They should have beat Indiana, but they gave the game away like Illinois has in the past. So we need to see more uh, from Brett, Brett Bielema and company. This This team should be getting better. And, and it's time for him to start showing uh, showing what he can do as a coach. We saw what he did at Wisconsin. Well, now he was brought in to build up this program. It's time to start seeing some rewards. It's time to start. Uh, Purdue takes on Indiana State. Again, just another game that I think Aiden O'Connell coming off the loss, I think they kind of get right, and they show the offense that we were all expecting. I, I think uh, – they have weapons. They brought in weapons through transfer portal. And O'Connell is still one of the better quarterbacks in the country. This should be a runaway, runaway win for Purdue. Uh Rutgers takes on Wagner. I quite frankly don't even care about that game. I don't even know where Wagner is. I'm guessing up there in the Northeast. That's going to be my guess. Uh Nebraska takes on Georgia Southern. Again, I mean, whatever, whatever. Uh, number four, Michigan takes on Hawaii. Uh, in just a second here, we'll talk with Anthony Broom of the Wolverine.com, uh, part of the On3 Sports Network. Michigan, the whole storyline about this game is J.J. McCarthy starting at quarterback. We saw Cade McNamara. Start last week, J.J. McCarthy played. We saw Cade McNamara struggle early and then kind of find a little bit of rhythm, but you were hoping to see more, I think, if you were the Michigan coaches, if you're the Michigan fans. A little more pressure this year knowing that J.J. McCarthy gets the start in game two. And this does, uh, you know, it feels like it's J.J. McCarthy's time to take over this team. It feels like it's just set up that way. So he will start 7 o'clock start in the big house. Now your five-star recruit that everybody's been waiting on to take to get that start. And if he plays, you know, 95% of three quarters, I mean, first of all, we're looking at like a 51-point spread. This should be a massive blowout. And J.J. McCarthy has his opportunity to, I think, take take a hold of this job and not let go if he does it right. And then to wrap up the Big Ten schedule, we got Indiana at Idaho. Again, another game. It's in Bloomington. 
whatever. I mean, nobody cares about, we know Indiana is not going to be a very good football team this year. We know, you know, Idaho, I don't, who knows anything about Idaho football? Not me, not me, but all right, let's get to uh, Anthony Broom of the Wolverine.com. All right, up next on the Big Ten Buzz podcast is Anthony Broom of the On3 Sports Network. You can find him at thewolverine.com. Uh, you can also find him on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. That's B-R-O-O-M-E if you were trying to spell it. Anthony, I wouldn't, thank you for taking the time and joining me today. Of course. Thank you for thinking of me and having me on. Yeah, so Michigan to me is the most fascinating story in the Big Ten. I up front, I'm a big Michigan fan. I love the school. I've watched them since I was a little kid. But, you know, just with what Harbaugh's doing with the quarterback situation, we haven't seen much of anything like this in terms of starting multiple guys and almost having the quarterback battle go into the season and kind of using these first few games against, you know, opponents that aren't quite up to the standard that Michigan will play later in the season. I like the aspect. So let me just first ask you with the Cade McNamara, JJ McCarthy situation, did you like Jim Harbaugh's approach to it? Yeah. I mean, if you don't have your guy figured out at the end of camp or, you know, not to say that they're not confident about either guy, but you know, there's a self-awareness there that, yeah, they respect all their opponents and, and Michigan, uh, like Jim Harbaugh, the football program, they don't schedule these teams. Like this is an athletic department right. team uh, thing. This is where, I think there's a self-awareness there that, yeah, we were playing three teams that, you know, we feel confident about what we have on both sides of the ball. We think we can win with either guy. So we think that there is some wiggle room to figure this out. So yeah, it's, it's unorthodox. A lot of things that Jim Harbaugh does uh, falls into that category. But as far as I'm concerned, I mean, if, if you need the extra time to me, this is better than, okay, well, uh, first game, Cade, this is your drive. JJ gets next drive and alternating like that. Like give a guy a week to prepare as a starter would let him go out there and, and, and play as long as the game is competitive. I mean, I assume that even if Michigan covers this big spread, uh, this 51 point spread on Saturday, that they will have guys playing well into the third quarter. So yeah, uh, let it gain. Like you could talk about off season improvements all you want. You can talk about the steps forward you've taken how confident you are, how good of a camp you had, what you put on a film is canon. So I think that giving those guys extended run in game film and making a decision from there and who knows, it might not be a decision that's made ahead of week three. It could be week four or ahead of that Iowa game. We'll see how long it stretches, but honestly, given the fact that you have two guys that I think honestly, objectively speaking would probably start, both of them could probably start for at least half the teams in the FBS, uh, probably more than that. Yeah, let it play out. And there might be hurt feelings and sour feelings over who finishes second, so to speak. But that's that's college sports. And your program like Michigan competition is is key and you get the best out of that. Yeah, I think one thing a lot of people forget when it comes to fans is that J.J. McCarthy didn't really have a spring because of the shoulder injury and he wasn't really throwing you know, and, and he wasn't able to have that time to, you know, get with these receivers. And I know a lot of them are back and, and there's a very deep group, but I think Jim also knowing that he didn't get that time gives him, you know, some extra time during the season to get a little more work to see what he's got. Yeah. And I think that 
like they see what we see on film. They know that if JJ McCarthy is as good as his potential suggests he could be, that at some point he's just going to be too good to keep off the field. He already technically is when you look at the dynamic of how those two guys worked things out last year. But yeah, the, to give him every chance to win the job is again, I mean, it's no disrespect to Cade McNamara, but you saw in that first game against Colorado State, again, preface everything by saying it's Colorado State. But we saw it a lot last year, too, where when J.J. comes onto the field, your defenses are already has to account for an extra skill that he has. So if he's in running the option, a defender maybe crashes down hard on him and that opens up a running lane for a back or vice versa. So, yeah, I mean, giving him the extra opportunity, it's a it's a prove it thing. And, you know, I think that more so Saturday, when you look at things we might need to see, I think it's more about those little things, making the right read, getting the ball out quick, making the smart play as opposed to, wow, this guy can launch the ball 75 yards down the field. He can run a four, five 40, you know, in the QB run game. I think when we, when we sit down and look at what's going to separate either of these guys in the battle, I think it is the, the little things, the finer details and, you know, cashing in on opportunities when they present themselves. Yeah, so when you look at this game coming up against Hawaii, we saw what Hawaii did against, uh, just face it, a bad Vanderbilt team. They got their doors blown off. So that's why we see this 51-point spread that, you know, seems seemingly continues to grow. But what do you expect from J.J. McCarthy in terms of just this offense? We heard him talk about Roman Wilson and how, you know, he thinks he's going to have a huge game. They have that relationship with each other. But do you think we'll see a lot of kind of similar – to the Colorado state game where both guys will play and, you know, probably at the end, we'll see a little bit of Bowman, a little bit of Alex orgy and just maybe all four quarterbacks play again this week. I would expect that. I mean, they might even, if, if there's more than four quarterbacks that they think are playable, this might be the type of game where everyone right. gets a turn. So yeah, the thing is like, I know that people have said, well, if Cade starts, JJ still going to play a lot, which we, we've seen, we saw that all last year. We saw a bit of it last last week in the opener. But the thing with it is, and it's again, it's no disrespect to Cade McNamara, but if you're truly trying to get an evaluation of J.J. McCarthy, what does, when you flip that dynamic, and then maybe Cade comes in for a play or two, I don't know how that throws a defense off balance. I mean, at the end right. of the day, Michigan is still, it's still a chess match, and they're still going to try and win the football game. So I really do think we're going to get probably a full half out of J.J. McCarthy um, maybe we see them alternate a bit start, you know, early in the second half, but if Michigan does what it should do to this Hawaii team, then I think, you know, everything's on the table. And even if Cade McNamara comes in after JJ and looks good, um, you know, if JJ has already sent a big message that, you know, he, he has a claim to the job, then I don't know if that has a huge effect on things. Honestly, um, I do not envy them in that locker room. They have, I mean, it, it's really is. I mean, it's, it's what Matt Weiss called in the off season. He was talking about the wide receiver group, but uh, he, he termed them as having rich people problems. So you have, you either get to choose from the guy who was a stable hand, a steady hand poised, made big plays when they had to last year, won you a big 10 title and Cade McNamara, or you have a guy with a five-star skill set that also played a huge, uh, a huge role in last year. And, you know, might just have the dual threat ability that kind of, keep pushing this thing forward. So it's going to be tough. Uh, I don't think it'll be a tough sell in the locker room. I think both guys are, are beloved uh, and everyone kind of understands that, you know, Michigan's a, a program that, 
you get on the field by outperforming the other guy. And if that happens, I, you know, I think everyone's kind of on board with it. Yeah. So last question on this, what is your gut feeling come? Let's just say that Iowa game in, uh, in a few weeks, what's your gut feeling when we hit that Saturday and those two teams take the field, is it JJ McCarthy's job and he's kind of taking the reins away from Caden McNamara, or are we still seeing this kind of dual quarterback thing? I think, mm, choose my words carefully here. Saturday <laughs> to me has always felt like this coming Saturday has always sort of read to me as a somewhat of a coronation because it is a night game at Michigan Stadium. It's going to be, I mean, I can't think of an atmosphere that will be as juiced up as this one will be for a team that, you know, you're a 51, 51 and a half point, whatever it is, favored yeah. over. Uh, they're going to have an elite quarterback recruit in attendance in uh, 2024's Jaden Davis. So, again, do I do I expect J.J. McCarthy to come out and throw 30 passes in the first half on Saturday? I don't, um, but it does kind of feel like everything's sort of being set up for him to take the job, but he has to take it, right? It's, right. it's the same deal last week where Cade McNamara, if you want to keep this job, you have to perform better than nine, nine of 18 for 136 yards. So my gut would say when they're at Iowa, that this will be JJ McCarthy's job. But I, I think that Cade McNamara is still going to factor into this season somehow, whether it be because of an injury or even if JJ becomes the starter, maybe he gets knocked out. Uh, God, it scares a lot of people that he still needs to learn how to slide uh, when mm -hmm. he's running the football. Maybe he gets knocked out and you need a guy to, you know, lead you on a drive at the end of the game. There's there, there wouldn't be a more qualified number two in college football than that. So yeah, it's both of these guys are going to have an impact on this season, but I, it's starting to me. It's starting to feel like to me that the tide is turning. Yeah. That's uh well, as, as Weiss said, it's, it's rich people problems. And if Cade McNamara is your backup, that's a great backup to have. Cause you know, he has the trust in the offensive coaches uh, looking to the offensive line. We saw what they did last year. They were the best unit in college football. They have a very good unit this year. What's your take? I know we got some early injuries. Where do things stand there on the front lines? Yeah, uh, Ryan Hayes didn't play last week. I right. don't think that's a huge concern. I think it was precautionary. Um, and, you know, him being in street clothes, you know, the fact that it was precautionary is fine. But then all of a sudden his replacement goes down. So you have to, uh, and Carson Barnhart, who sprained his ankle, he's probably out a few weeks. Uh, Trevor Keegan moves over from left guard to left tackle. Giovanni El Hadi comes in. Um, you know, obviously you can never tell when an injury is going to happen when you hold a guy out for precautionary reasons. But I think if, if there had been any sort of knowledge that the guy behind him on the depth chart was, would be a little banged up. I think Ryan Hayes would have played. So he'll be back this week. Uh, Trente Jones, I thought was a bit uneven at right tackle, but again, his first extended run out there. I'm not too worried about it. Olu Oluotimi, the center, was, I think, as advertised for the most part. Everyone kind of looked a step slow last week. I don't know if it was because of the heat. I don't know because it was a, I mean, not to make any excuses, but it was a cooler August camp. So the fact that it was kind of hot in the field Saturday, um, I don't know. Everyone just kind of looked a little bit sluggish, a step slow. So, again, in the vacuum of one game, I mean, their offensive line wasn't awesome, but I'm not worried about it until, you know, if you can't, you know, blow holes open against Hawaii or Yukon or Maryland, then we might start talking about, okay, what's going on here. But as of now, I mean, I have no, I have no reason to believe that those guys won't be 
as good, if not better than they were last year, by the time, you know, we kick into big 10 play. Yeah. Look, looking at the rest of the offense in terms of the weapons, I don't think I can remember a Michigan team, at least recently and under Harbaugh that has had this many weapons. It feels like they're deep everywhere at running back wide receiver and tight end. Is there any guys that you're kind of looking at that maybe could surprise everybody knows the names, Ronnie Bell, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, all the main characters, Eric all at tight end. Is there any guys that you're looking at that you think could, you know, maybe in the next few weeks or by the middle of the season, kind of step up and take a role that you weren't expecting or fans weren't expecting. I think someone who is ahead of where they were last year is Roman Wilson. And we saw he had the 61 yard touchdown uh, on the little bubble screen pass in the opener. That's a guy who, I mean, he's always got sort of been a deep threat for them, but someone who it's been a little, the production has been a little bit inconsistent. So like we know, again, like you said, Ronnie Bell, Cornelius Johnson, those guys were a little flat last week. I, I think that's an outlier. Those yeah. guys will be fine. Um, Roman Wilson's a guy, I mean, I don't know that, I mean, outside of the true freshmen who aren't probably quite ready yet, like your Tyler Morris's, like your Morian Walkers, mm-hmm. I don't know that anyone on the roster has the pure speed that he does. And when you can, when you can add that element to the passing game um, and, and do it consistently, A.J. Henning's another guy who sort of a bit player the first couple of years. And I think that still will kind of be his role, but, um, you know, there, there are plays they can draw up for him. I think he improved as a route runner. Uh, his hands are a little bit better that, uh, over the off season. So it's hard to say. I mean, I, I did a, I did a bit earlier with someone where they asked if we should be concerned that no one broke out as an, a top target last week. And my argument was, well, there were 15 guys that caught passes yeah. last week. And that's, you know, when you can spread the ball around like that. And I know, again, it was different quarterbacks, third string, fourth string. I get all of that, but I, I don't think there's going to be, I mean, Ronnie Bell might be your most quote unquote reliable guy, but I don't know that there's going to be a guy that kind of comes out of nowhere and is a, you know, 75 catch 1000 yard receiver. I think it's going to be matchup dictated. I think that's the strength of Michigan's offense is that they can kind of, uh, they can go to matchups. They can, you know, again, maybe the starting quarterback you have soon is a guy that can, um, you know, certainly be one of those matchup breakers that they have options. And that's there. I know a couple of years ago, Michigan had a wide receiver room of Tariq black and Donovan people's Jones and um, Nico Collins. And there was some disappointment there because they couldn't spread the ball around. I don't like those guys were all supremely talented. I don't know that anyone right now is that purely talented on the roster, but I think all of them are probably a little more consistent and we'll all get their opportunities to play. So wouldn't be too concerned about that at all. Uh, if you were a Michigan fan, I think that you're going to have like, just by, because that's how math works. Someone will be the quote unquote leading receiver, but I think they've got a lot of quality options and they can go probably four or five deep there. Yeah. And if it does go to JJ McCarthy, who knows, you know, he talked about Roman Wilson, who knows who his favorite targets become. They could be completely opposite of Cade McNamara and maybe someone Andrell Anthony's another guy who has had some good games here in the past year or so that I think could to could pop up and and definitely make a difference on this team. Yeah, I'm with you. I, it's there's they have different potential difference makers all over this roster, not just on offense but on defense too. Um, uh, this is I know last year was a storybook season for them. I know that they did things like win the big 10 title for the first time in almost 20 years. They made the college football playoff for the first time. 
And he has a lot of people sitting back and going, wow, maybe that's as good as it gets. I, I don't know that I believe that. I think this is sustainable because you can make the argument it shouldn't have taken eight years to do so. But I think now at almost every position group, you have you have the depth, the mixture of depth, experience, and talent that um, I think in a lot of years, Michigan hasn't had under Jim Harbaugh. So it's too early to say this, this could be his best team. It's too early to say who's going to break out and who's going to do what. I mean, when I look at last week, we're trying to figure out who replaces Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo, and they throw six guys at you who might right. be able to. So trends, trends will start to set in over the next couple of weeks. And there will be guys that, I mean, they, they love to rotate the non-conference and see what they have. Um, and if they can continue to rotate, they'd love to do that. But I think over the next couple of weeks, you, you, they will start to start to sort of hone in on who, you know, it'll be a little bit more firm of a two deep. And, you know, if they stay as, as fierce as their pass rush was in the opener, that's a position group where you just can come at teams like hockey lines. So that's, that's exciting to see as well. Yeah. Speaking of that pass rush, was there one guy that stood out? Because you mentioned there was so many, I mean, the defensive tackles I thought played really well and we saw three, four of them, five of them playing. And I thought everybody played pretty well. Uh, Braden McGregor was a guy who stood out. We've kind of been waiting for him through injuries and he showed up and it seemed like he was always in the backfield. And then the newcomer Anoma, he flashed on his very first snap, getting a sack. There's just a lot of guys there led by the, the senior Mike Morris. A lot of guys. It's it's tough to find someone who didn't flash on Saturday. And even again, I know pro football focus grades aren't canon. I mean, it can inform okay. certain things, but uh, you know, even a guy like Braden McGregor, who you mentioned, he didn't record a stat on Saturday. Uh, I think PFF had him graded out as like 53.5 or something like that. Um, he flashed. I mean, his burst mm-hmm. was improved. He seemed like he was a fingertip away from making a play a few times. Um, I think the guy I was most impressed with was Jalen Harrell. And that's someone I've been on yeah. throughout the offseason just because, I mean, you watched when you watch him last year. I mean, he didn't. He was playing behind David Ojabo, but he would be the guy that came on the field in run rundown situations where, you know, you want him to set an edge or you want him to, you know, play run support and come up and make a tackle. That was more his role, but he's also someone that could drop back into coverage. He could get to the passer a little bit, but that was more what his niche on last year's team was last week. I mean, he, I I think I PFF had him at seven uh, quarterback pressures. He had half a sack. He was, even more disruptive than that. And then he was still doing all the things that we saw him do before. If that's a guy who continues to play like that, he automatically becomes, I think one of your top three players on the defensive side of the ball, because you, you don't have to take a guy like that off the field. You can drop him back into coverage. He can play the run. He can get after the quarterback. That was really impressive out of him. Uh, the other guys like Ayabe Anoma, former five-star recruit. We know he yep. has oodles of talent. Uh, I think that will continue to sort of materialize as he learns the playbook. He's been here for almost three weeks. So there's still a lot to sort out with him. Derek Moore, a true freshman looked like he'd been playing college football for three or four years, you know, name, you know, put a blindfold on and just point to someone in the pass rush rotation. And I can tell you, I can tell you the good things that they showed on Saturday. So yeah, again, it might be, like I said with the wide receivers, it might be something where this week this guy has a good game, and this week this guy gets to the quarterback. We'll see what that winds up looking like. But, you know, as a first showing, and again, everyone uses the caveat that, oh, well, don't get too bent out of shape. It's Colorado State. 
true, but that's what it's supposed to look like. Exactly. When, when you are an elite defense against a bad team. So again, vacuum of one game, we'll see what happens moving forward. But I mean, as good a start, if not better than I could have expected them to get out to. You mentioned more as a newcomer, other guys, Mason Graham, Will Johnson. Is there anybody else outside of those three that you think could maybe crack or maybe talk about those three individuals and where they're at right now as we head into the game against Hawaii? Yeah, another strength of these last two Michigan teams is that the fresh there have been freshmen that have come in ready to play. Um, all those guys you named fit the bill. I mean, Will Johnson, haven't talked about him yet. He got a little bit of run out there. He's someone, I mean, a, a five-star guy who I wouldn't be surprised if some at some point this season he winds up being the team's second cornerback, although Jamon Green has held him off and done a really nice job. He got beat on the team's only touchdown of the game last week. But again, as a true freshman, that's stuff you have to put on film. Uh, and, yes. and you take and you go and you improve from there. Um, Jimmy Rolder at linebacker is someone who was a late find for Michigan last year. I think they offered him like halfway through his senior season and he winds up committing. Um, and then all of a sudden, I mean, injuries at linebacker have kind of opened the door for a guy like him to get some run. So that was good to see. Um trying to think who else. I mean, they have so many guys. I mean, wide receiver. I mean, there's, there's a trio of guys in Darius Clemens, Amorian Walker and Tyler Morris that Michigan is, is really high on. I just, again, they're just so deep there that it's going to be hard for those guys to get on the field. So, you know, you kind of have to, you know, something I say, wait your turn, but I said that to Mozzie Smith uh, at, at big 10 media days. And he, he corrected me. He goes, no, 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 no. You don't wait your turn. You stay ready. You get ready. You stay ready. That way, when your number is called, you're just ready to go. And I think if any of those freshmen that we've named so far are called into action, I don't know that any of those guys will flinch. I think that they'll be ready to go and and ready to make a play. So um, aside from just bringing in really talented freshmen and skill players over the last couple of years, they're also bringing in guys that I think are mentally tough that fit like that Harbaugh mold guys who are willing to do the dirty work. I mean, you, you go, it, it's pretty tough to find a high school wide, wide receiver who you tell him he's going to have to get on. The only way for him to crack the field is if he gets out and is disruptive as a blocker. And then that's where you earn your opportunity. I mean, all of those guys have embraced that. And that's just an example of kind of what's been built over the last, you know, really several years, but namely the last two years with Jim Harbaugh's soft reboot of the, the program. It's, it's impressive that they have guys that are just kind of called in and ready to go. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, he's built this program for the last eight years, and it finally seems like it's starting to take shape with with his style of recruits. And then last thing, we'll get you out of here on this. Just give me your overall thoughts on the Big Ten as a whole. You know, uh, you know, I kind of talked. I had like tiers of Ohio State and Michigan, uh, Wisconsin and Michigan State, probably in the top tier. And then there's a group of like Penn State, Purdue. Minnesota, those types. Uh, would you agree with that? Or just kind of give me your thought process as we head into Big Ten season here in a few weeks. Yeah, it's difficult because, like I said, we, we're viewing everything through the lens of one week. And yeah. that's where I try to. Especially try like to Iowa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Iowa, I mean, <laughs> nine months ago, I watched that team struggle to complete a forward pass in the Big Ten yes. title game, which is baffling to me in, in the year 2021. But, um, yeah, it, it's tough to say. I mean, 
I don't think Ohio State was super impressive, but again, they're playing a top five opponent and a team that I think has a pretty good defense in Notre Dame. Uh, showed a grit about them that I don't think last year's team had. So when you're as talented as that and also willing to get after it, I think that's something to, I mean, it's right now to me, it's, it's Michigan, Ohio, it, it's Ohio state, it's Michigan and everyone else. Yeah. Um, really interesting. I mean, don't put a ton of stock into what I saw at a Michigan state. Uh, they always tend, whenever they have that Friday night opener at home, they always have a tendency to kind of play with their food, so to speak. And they'll win big late and everyone, you know, Michigan state fans will say they weren't concerned, but no, it was a one score game early in the fourth quarter. Right. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how, how Penn state fares. I think that they were, they played hard. Don't get me wrong and made enough plays, but I think they were sort of gift wrapped that game at Purdue. Purdue had chances to get out there and, and kind of ham like just hammer away at the end and, and finish it off and couldn't do it. So, yeah, I mean, right now to me, it'd be hard. I'd be hard pressed to find two teams that could I mean, Michigan state when they play Michigan, we know they'll be ready for that. Yeah. Um, Penn state should be ready for Michigan. I mean, they, they always, they typically play each other uh, somewhat tough, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I it's, it's early. I mean, this time last year, people were just hoping that Michigan could find a way to win eight games and that Ohio state was going to be a buzzsaw that ran through everybody. So um, I think over the next couple of weeks is when your team really starts to take shape because there's flat footedness that happens in openers. There is, um, you know, what's, what's the term I'm looking for there. There is, there are nerves that can happen mm-hmm. in opening games, knocking off. Some yeah, I mean, yeah. All of that stuff, even Michigan's yep. offense, like, yep. If Cade McNamara got to start this week, I would I still wouldn't be all that concerned because again, it's the vacuum of one game, but there was a yeah. little bit more on the line in that game for a guy like him. So we'll see what happens. Trends will start to emerge. For a team like Michigan, it's going to be a little bit harder just because even when you get out of the non-conference, I don't know that Maryland's a team that matches up very well with them. Um Iowa, I don't think that's going to be a night game, and they have all kinds of issues offensively, yeah. uh, but still tough to go play on the road. We might not really know much about this Michigan team other than, I mean, maybe they're just on the war path and they truck everybody for a month and a half. Then I guess we'll know sort of what they look like, but in terms of how much resistance they're going to get, I don't know that we'll know that until pff, Iowa, Indiana, Penn state, Michigan state, that's the October slate. So um wherever, wherever, somewhere in there, I think we'll kind of know what we're working with here. All right. That's Anthony Broom of the Wolverine.com, part of the on three sports network. If you're not following that, you need to go check it out. It's very cool. I've enjoyed my time on that. You can follow him on Twitter at Anthony T Broom. Anthony, I really appreciate the time. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the big 10 buzz podcast. Week two's here. We got some decent football games, uh, some storylines to watch. How does Ohio State's offense come out against uh, Central Arkansas? What does J.J. McCarthy do in his first career start as the Michigan quarterback? Does he take a stranglehold over this offense and not give the job back? I think a lot of Michigan fans are hoping for it. And then, you know, we got some interesting games. How does Iowa's offense bounce back? Uh Penn State, Purdue had a really close game. How do they come out and and play in their respective games this weekend? So we got some questions to answer, but overall, it's week two. 
We don't have any of the monster games like Ohio State, Notre Dame this week. So just sit back and enjoy and uh, look for episode three next week. Uh, We'll see what kind of guests I get on next week. Maybe we'll talk to a Buckeye or a Spartan, maybe a Badger, uh, and, and get some insight into those teams. All right, guys, that'll do it. I'm Adam Sager. This is the Big Ten Buzz Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.